First of all, I'd like to start out to thank everyone for participating in this community. So for uh, your generosity in helping support paying the bills. That's what we need to do. We, as I've said before, this does not generate any direct income. The service here is indescribable. And also to ask you to continue to support us. We are endeavoring to create a center where people are sane and are working with their negativity. Help us continue to do that, if you will, please. I'll do my best here. This community will do its best to support you. And you could even say give you a refuge where you could come and do nothing but train your mind for whatever length of time you want to do that. We'll help you. That's a very strong intention on the part of this uh, old monk. What are we going to talk about? Okay, so we call it mountains and rivers, which is a kind of a traditional way of saying a lot of things. Everything in general is mountains and rivers. So mountains and rivers just means uh, Q&A. So rather than start out with talking about uh, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, on and on, all the things that I've been talking about for a number of years, I will just start with your questions. And the first question will line us up. Go ahead. You have a teaching, don't do what you're told. I do. Does that mean do other than what we're told? No. Is that your question? Go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm curious about where we might mm -hmm. relatively be doing what we're told, but not have it be a control or something. It's like very that. situational. And the idea here between don't do what you're told is to help you see that you have to be your own authority. Uh, you don't, I might have a, uh, be sitting up here and waving a stick around and sitting on a, a platform or be the center of whatever this is, but you have to realize who you are so that you, you aren't taking your, to use the military expression, marching orders from anybody. But that doesn't mean you won't need a mentor or you might not need some help. Then, then whoever that person in is that is helping you, he or she or they, uh, you need to give them permission to help you. And there's in ancient times and medieval times, it was a lot stronger, macho kind of masculine control of everything, less, less feminine, less uh, soft energy, which is actually wisdom. Masculine energy is upaya or skillful means. That doesn't mean that you think, how to be skillful with something? You're doing that or right back to the relative right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, cause and effect, which you are locked into, if you if you think it's real. <laughs> More? It just seems like a really easy teaching to hide behind. It, well, it is. Yeah, don't do what you're told, of course. That's, uh, you know, that's not something, that's not a teaching for Rumi. He's four years old. It's the other way around for him. Do what you're told. <laughs> when you're four, you have to have to obey your parents. Now, if your parents are crazy, it's going to be a be tough life for you. If they're crazy and they're using their superior position, being six feet tall or whatever, uh, might be difficult. But whatever shows up in your life stream and your pattern of your life is your karma. It's it's not a condemnation. It's just that. 
this happened, that happened, this happened, that happened, then that happened, then 50 other things, and 368 other things happened, and they, it all came together, and then two things happened that couldn't have happened without all the, all the numeration that I was doing a, a few minutes ago, and suddenly you're born because of him and her. If that sounds sexist, well, I don't know how to do it any other way to do it. There has to be a him and a her so far. That doesn't mean that I've heard somewhere that women don't even need men, that they could actually just have children. Of course, they'd all be women. Might not be such a bad idea. It might be the only thing that will work. When I say work, I'm saying not implode. What are you eating, John? Cereal? Post toasties? No. Just curious. Yes, sir, go ahead. Can we both not Yeah. Can we both not do what we're told, but also do what we're being asked to do? Yes, certainly. We do it together. In ancient times it was the the authority figure over the top. And some, and some uh, teachings still look like that. I think that's a misunderstanding, uh, not for the time that my, both of my teachers came out of cultures that were very strong and they were born into that. And of course, I, I was, and you, we were all born into some, some variety or some version of this crazy culture, which we call the West. We can't even characterize it. It's so, it's so tied up in knots and it's so artificial and controlling and demanding and materialistic and greedy, intense greed. I'm not saying that we're all greedy here, but there might be a little tinge of that somewhere where you really want something and you're willing to put in quite a bit of energy in terms of pushing it that way or pulling. Pushing is aggression, pulling is passion. And the other kind of very subtle manipulation is just don't look at it, just ignore it. Ignore it. Maybe it'll go away. Unlikely. It may change its spots or stripes, but it will be back because it is circular. If you noticed everything you can see that is or anything's happening everywhere, anywhere, it's circular. It shows up pretty bright for a while and then it goes away. Or it shows up and it absolutely stinks. It's stench. The stench of ego. A stench of self-centeredness. It sucks. But if you fight with it, if you go to war with it, if you push it away, then it just, because of the very nature of relative truth, not ultimate truth, relative truth, it goes back in the shadows for 15 minutes, 15 years maybe, or into another lifetime. As I've said hundreds of times, and I'll say it right now, I don't believe in reincarnation. I don't believe in anything. And you don't need to believe in anything either, including Buddhism. Buddhism is not a belief system if it's seen in the way or understood in the way the Buddha taught. It's very difficult. It's very painful. The first words out of the Buddha's mouth was, life is suffering. That was not, some people take that and say, well, it's a nihilistic religion. It's all negative. No, it's not. <laughs> it's neither negative nor positive. It's free of that kind of elaboration. It's fundamental reality right in your face every moment. And even the word moment uh, separates things out, separates this moment from, from that moment. They aren't separate. There's only one moment, and it's this one. Don't ignore it. 
How do we give the teacher permission to help us when we're clamped down on our self-centeredness? Look at the clamps. You won't be able to do it uh, if you're unaware of, of what of the kind of help that you're going to be getting. You have to look at the way you're clamped down, the way you're refusing. You personally, I say you have to look at that clamp. If you try to wrestle with it or cover it up, if you try to cover it up, that's ignorance. That's one of the three poisons. One, two, three. The other two are passion, which would be a way of saying that would be explaining it, justifying it, blaming someone for it. Well, it's if I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for him or her or them. And then the other way is just out and out warfare or anger, just going after it. Go ahead. Can you go to the teacher for help when we're so clamped down? Might be a good idea. This teacher happens to be extremely available to everybody. My, my two t teachers were not available. Coburn would actually hide from his students. At least that's how it appeared, whether it was hiding or not. Uh, looking back on it, I would think that he was teaching them. And of course, Trungpa Rinpoche had thousands of students. So when I met him, he might have might have had a few hundred, but still, it was hard to get an, uh, to get an interview with him or talk to him. Go ahead. Divine, how do we ask for help when it's kind of like the last thing we want to do at that moment, Bowing. Yeah. I think the, the very best activity that you can have, other than what we're already doing, reading books, studying the Dharma, talking about the Four Noble Truths, talking about the three poisons and how those show up, or, or contemplating that ourselves, or in the book study, we have how many book studies, six or seven or something like that, every week where we study traditional texts that are supposedly promoting or uh, displaying this understanding of Buddhism. So uh, the very best activity is no activity. The very best, best activity is sit down, hold still, look at the wall, look at whatever. Look at the wall, look at where nothing is happening. Hold still, sit symmetrical. and watch the movement of the mind. By observing the movement of the mind without grasping it, passion, or explaining or elaboration, anything, and without rejecting it or shutting down on it or getting angry or using anger or ignoring. Think about something else. Distract yourself into your, uh, into your plans for this or that or the other thing. So, So you sit down and then you observe, you're sitting still, then you observe all of the activity in your mind coming and going, coming and going, do nothing with it. There are other ways that this is being taught, a lot more, uh, maybe uh, seemingly more helpful than this one. Go do that. I don't care. Go practice Shamatha Vipassana, uh, Shine and Laktang in Tibetan style. So those are totally appropriate to do. I practiced those for decades myself. But at some point, I just stopped using any technique other than very simple body, hold the body still without being rigid, get up if you need to go walk around the block, go look out the window. Don't maintain. This is this, uh, this arose, this uh, way of teaching this arose in, in this old man, uh, after over three decades of practicing 
otherwise. Several different practices that I was doing. You don't need to go into those. It seems that the most important thing that you can do is hold still, find a place where nothing is happening, a wall. You could, you could look out a window if not much is happening there. No problem if occasionally somebody walks past or a bird flies by. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be perfect, perfectly. That way, even the wall that you look at, uh, eventually you start projecting things on it, or you see, you see uh, things in the wall, there's irregularities in the wall, and they start turning into mice, and at least mine do. You know, and stories about this, or they evoke this or that other thing. I happen to like mice, so that's probably why I, I get that particular item. So it's about awareness. It's not about believing in anything. Although Buddhism, without the belief in Buddhism, it would not be here. This teaching that I am endeavoring to point to for you, if you have an interest, if you probably have some kind of interest, you wouldn't be here. Is about receiving. Receive this world. Receive your karma. Receive your thought forms. Don't stop thought forms. I'm not saying that that isn't a process whereby you could you could awaken to your true nature. Sure, all kinds of different ways of doing this. There are people that would listen to what I'm saying. Say, uh, I can't do that. I need to. I need to do uh, shamatha vipassana. Or I need to do creation completion practices. Or I need to uh, chant namyoho renge kyo. That's the only thing that I that works for me. Or or I need to do vipassana. Close my eyes, scan the body, and do that kind of a calming approach. Go ahead. Do, do anything you want to do. But if you want to see your true nature, if you want to see what this is fundamentally, then don't do anything but hold still. And watch what, those are the two. Hold everything still that you can, and then watch what the mind continues to do. And you won't necessarily see uh, it isn't so much about what arises in the mind, it's that you're changing your allegiance over to consciousness only, awareness only, perception only. You're, you're changing the energy over to the identity quality that, that was uh, trapped in the five skandhas as somebody going somewhere. That's liberated. And there's no, nothing happens after that. This is what His Holiness, the 16th Karmapa, was saying in 1981, just before he passed. Nothing happens. And yet, people are, could say, well, well, that's crazy. Of course things happen. But when someone like that, of that, so, shall we say, caliber, the 16th incarnation of the of Karmapas, says something like that just before he dies, it's something that you might want to contemplate. Does something happen? Go ahead. Can our own personal meditation practice... Um, being an obstacle to putting others before ourselves? Sure. Say more. Sure, I'm just I'm just wondering if, like you said, the most important thing we can do is to hold still. And if we want to see what this is, if we might have to um, just completely focus on our own practice at the expense of helping others to see that. Of course. It's going to change this way and that way. Some, someone, someone goes into solitary retreat for a month, which does happen here, sometimes more than that. Then you're, you could say, well, aren't you, shouldn't you be out there helping others? <clears throat> no. You should look at your own mind. You should decide 
you should decide if there's a decision you should maybe take yourself away from all that because to go in there and try to get a credential at helping others you might actually be projecting your own confusion and your own um uh, misunderstanding on others with the backup of well i'm trying to help you i'm, I'm trying to help others you don't help people by interfering with them. Don't meddle with anyone without their permission. Don't seduce anyone into your path to give you some kind of a support that says you're going the right way. This, this path is extremely difficult. And as Trungpa Rinpoche, excuse me, said, better not to begin. Better to just do something else with your life. What does that mean when you run into that? When I ran into that, te- ran into that teaching, decades and decades ago, I I thought, why would he say such a thing? Better not to begin. But if you begin, better to finish. And why does he say that? Because it gets more difficult. If you think think it's going to get easier, that's uh, that's another, that's uh, that's a mundane path. That's uh, learning how to uh, build a, uh, a garage or how to put something together and have a success story. That's relative. We need that. You need to know how to scramble eggs, unless you have somebody doing it for you. <clears throat> but the spiritual path is without results. And of course, there's all kinds of teachings that teach otherwise. And I'm saying some people need to hear it otherwise than what I'm saying. I'm not looking to collect a bunch of followers. I'm not going anywhere anyway. But since you're bowing. <clears throat> There can be such a sense of urgency yes. um, to work with people or when working with people. As a therapist? Yeah, yes. go ahead. And I notice when urgency is showing up um, with the person I'm working with, I feel completely pulled into that. That's awareness. What's next? Um, how do I prioritize these teachings in that, in that, um, you don't, don't bother with it. Don't worry about prioritizing anything. You can't make, there are no mistakes. I'm think I'm not saying there is an intense suffering that gets confused when we feel like that should happen and not this, and we struggle with it. There are no mistakes. There's just what the Buddha taught. Life is suffering. We have nerve endings. You're in for it. You're a human being. Some human beings are better off. They're in a God realm. They're in, you know, they have a perfect uh, health, and they were born into a really loving family, and and uh, and the culture is very supportive of them. Their particular position and and everything is just supportive, and they go to the right schools and. Yeah, so that happens. So what's your question? What does he want to know? I'm wondering how how can these how do these teachings support that that setup, that setup of um, yes. someone asking for help? Because then you can fundamentally things are not separate. We're not separate from each other. We just look like it. And the way I act, the way you act, the way I look, the way you look, and and all of that is just so separated everywhere. Cultures, traditions, different forms of Buddhism, different forms of any 
religious or so-called spiritual path is different. But to come back to your question, less is better. This way you can actually see when the person comes to you for for help, you can actually listen to them instead of project your own ideas and judgments and opinions on top of them. And it will start out when they come in and sit down in a chair across from you and ask for your help as a therapist, it will start out by noticing how much you project onto them, how much you look at the shape of their ears, the color of their skin, how much you're looking at that and that's getting in the way. But it only gets in the way if you're unaware of it. But if you're aware of it, then it doesn't matter. When I say it doesn't matter, it matters, but it's not, it's not blinding you to the human being that's in front of you that's asking for your help. And so therefore you consider all of that. You consider your own prejudice. You consider your own uh, intention to help them is so powerful because of the vow that you've received. You're not looking for success because if you're looking for success, you stop looking at them. You have to be so with them that you feel like they feel. Sometimes called compassion. You, you follow me a little bit? You know what I'm talking about as a therapist. You feel their feelings. And what do you do about it? Nothing. Good idea. Are you charge a fee? Yes. <laughs> Good idea. You're not going to eat anything. I don't, I, I don't know if there's any place that therapists receive donations. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Since you're bowing, is, is that construct of therapist and client, is that also um, a spiritual path? It can be. If, if there's no object uh, in that other than to be of service, but that, but you have to be very aware of your own uh, greed about being a successful therapist. So that will get in the way of, of what you actually, of the dirty, filthy work that you actually have to do of working with that person. You can't help somebody if you're on the other side of the fence and you have, you know, a nice white house and picket fence and so on. And you're talking to them over the fence. You actually get, have to get in the same crap that they're in. Through the practice of meditation, uh, you can, because there's no solid being here, uh, you're, you're fearless. You're not afraid of anybody's neurosis. You're not afraid of their passion, aggression, and ignorance. And you're not looking for results. What are you looking for? Tell me. The truth. That's a pretty good answer. What is the truth, do you know? I can tell you in two words. Maybe it's three, three words. We are not separate from each other. It just looks like it. And it's intense. It's an intense separation that is uh, reinforced by ego self-centeredness. Unless you recognize your self-centeredness, you won't be able to to uh, operate in a way that is uh, that is free from that uh, the contagiousness of wanting something and the fear of failure and the fear of being wrong. Fear hiding in a as Trungpa Rinpoche would say in a cocoon. We've got a little cocoon of protection. Our our ideas, our judgments, our everything we think. And it's fueled by all kinds of things, passion, aggression, ignorance, avarice, fear of losing something, jealousy. It's intense. What do you want to know? Go ahead. Devon, is there something to relaxing or trusting the path 
uh, when we're dealing with clients like that, that we can just. There needs to, it's very specific to you. Uh, you're also a therapist or to Asensu or to uh, Kelly, who's on the screen here also. Very specific is less is better. Receive as much as you can. Not interrogate, but question them so that they're able to express what's happening. You might be the only person that will really, really listen to them. Other people are, are vested, have a, an investment in helping them, saving them, trying to stop them from killing themselves or whatever. It's, it's an amazing thing to separate yourself from someone so much that you think you know what, what they need to do. I mean, you might, but it should be more, uh, I think the word that would come up there, it's another C word, uh, is a collaborate. I mean, you could work with them. I've been able to do that on a few occasions, not, not many, where you just are with them. A couple of those situations, those people have stopped becoming students of mine and left and gone somewhere else. Is that, in, is that incorrect? No, it's exactly what needed to happen. More? Uh, while we're on the path, it uh, seems like that we have to trust that we're not going to do it we're not going to, uh, we're going to make mistakes, I guess. Well, there's going to be uh, things that show up as mistakes or you know, stumbling over this or misunderstanding that. So if there's, if the awareness is, uh, is, uh, has been prioritized, so you're more aware of what is happening than, rather than you're all loaded up for how to be, how it needs to be fixed or what you believe that, that's, uh, it's very tempting to just go into your beliefs, your opinions, your ideas, and so on. So, so it's important to, and this is uh, only learned or understood or, or seen if there's a lot of sitting meditation. I'm very biased in this. I'm not saying there aren't other ways. Maybe there are. I don't know about them. The only thing I know is what I've been doing for close to half a century. I mean, there are probably other people here. In fact, I know they are. Bruce Nelson's been sitting for probably longer than I have. But everybody comes up with different ideas about how to, how to work with us or what the spiritual path is. And there's the right and wrong or just extra. We don't need to do that to each other. Just do the best that you can. Try to put others before yourself. And what that will lead to primarily is seeing how you just can't do that. And what does that do? That reveals how self-centered you are. Don't correct that. Don't try to get rid of self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is an illusion. It's unreal. But if you buy into that that illusion, you will beat yourself up and beat other people up and fight and go to war. Don't believe, don't disbelieve, don't ignore. Those are the three. Passion, aggression, ignorance. Very hard to accomplish without a strong awareness practice. Go ahead. Give it up. Can there be skillful means without compassion? Well, skillful means or upaya is just a, a description uh, of, of actually moving in and modifying or changing or heightening or shortening or moving things around, doing something with it, skillful means. And also up to and including the most powerful skillful means is don't do anything other than you are present. You're there. Your eyes are open. Your nostrils are open. And you're there. There is only there. There isn't anything else but there. 
but all kinds of things can tumble in there in there and make it look like look like things need to be different. I need to fix this. I should push on this. Well, this if you have to think about skillful means, this is not skillful means. Skillful means is just the immediate present response to whatever is arising, which may be nothing at all. More? Ask me what you want to know. Stop beating around the bush. <laughs> I think you kind of answered it, but I just wanted to know if, um, other than doing nothing, if skillful means can be a sort of a thinking process. If there isn't compassion there, can we still use skillful means? Maybe. I'm still not clear on, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but um, skillful means isn't, I mean, even though it's taught differently, so I mean, it can be taught as something you do. I don't teach it that way. I say don't do anything. And then if you if you don't if you if you don't do anything, but what you absolutely have to do, and you're training your mind, then there's a, you won't have to worry whether it's skillful means or not. You just you won't make things that show up as errors. Don't stop. Keep keep coming. Are the four the four karmas? Are those skillful means we can? That's, that is a, a structure, pa uh, pacifying, magnetizing, enriching, and destroying. Those are those are ways of working with energy that you, you have to work with it somehow because the energy is coming towards you and it may be aggressive. So you can pacify it, try to calm things down, and you or, or you can join in with it somewhat so it kind of derails. If you if the person who is aggressive loses their opponent because you're with them, uh, they might be so damn in need of an opponent or someone to blame that they'll turn your trying to do that into um, into um, some kind of story about how you know they're avoiding what it is you're trying to talk about or so, uh, and then up to magnetizing or enriching magnetizing and then destroying the, the simple one that I talk about uh, as far as destroying I don't say hit the person or kill them that may have to happen it's possible Everything is possible, but it might be break break the contact. Say, "Whoops, got to get going. Get out of there." If you, if you see that it's going to escalate into into some kind of warfare, just say, hey, "Let's talk later." You don't have to be threatening about it. Those are those are uh, a skillful means, and uh, those will not you will not you will not be able to work with those. Shall we say skillfully? Uh, with those kind of ideas, unless there's a powerful awareness practice where the self-centeredness is at least not subdued because it's unreal, but seeing that seeing that that participation that is showing up in terms of co uh, commentary that just comes out of the out of the consciousness about who they are, who you are, and how you're right, and they just don't understand you. It's just a <laughs> it's a, a incredible stage play. And, and I say, if you, as you've all heard me say, stay in the front row. Don't get on stage and interact with other combatants or anything. Don't get on stage. Don't be part of the, don't be the producer, director, anything. Stay, remain in the front row of your own mind and watch the, the shit that flies this way and that way. Painful. It's painful. And, it, and if the, the, the actors don't see the unreality of it, that it's unreal. It's a story. They don't see it. They buy into that, and they, there's the, the the desire to be someone. The fear is so powerful that we'll actually hurt people that we love. 
because we're so incredibly, I'm going to say it this way, pissed off. And it's and then if we do that, then because we can't stand to be, uh, to be what guilty of that, then we will cover that up, hide from that. Uh, if you continue to meditate, you won't be able to hide from it very long, maybe a few years, but then it'll come busting out somewhere because it's circular. Illusion is circular. Illusion is circular. It goes around. Delusion looks like a straight line. It just looks like the truth. Not nah, not so. Find out. Find out and, and be happy. Find out you don't have to sit in the middle of your shithole. <laughs> or you could, you could just sit there and sit there and sit there. But it gets pretty smelly after a while. But there's a question on YouTube from David, David who, Curtis. Who invited YouTube? Um, I did. Oh, okay. Good. Well, he's a friend of yours then. Okay. David asks, what do you think of doing one or two other meditation practices like TM, which I think is transcendental meditation and concentration meditation, in addition to Shikantaza as part of a daily practice? I wouldn't. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not your teacher. Uh, I'm teaching and you're listening. So there's a little bit of the student teacher relationship going on, but I would say, trust yourself. You may need to do that. I don't know. I don't, I don't practice uh, uh, transcendental meditation. I've, certainly looked into it pretty heavily back in the 60s when it was uh, all the rage so to speak um but uh, something that's missing in that area although you have a um was it maharishi mahesh yogi i think it was his name you might have a teaching person there somewhere but very important to have a personal relationship with a with a teacher and without that then uh, David, I would say the way you asked the question sounds like, yeah, go ahead. And if you ask me what I, if, if I was uh, your, te your teacher, I'd say, no, just do Shikantaza. Don't do those other ones. But I would also respect, I mean, if you, if you said, well, you know, I really, TM, uh, the mantra I was given and whatever, really helps me a lot, really. And I'd say, well, is it just a mantra or is that secret mantra you were given? Is that what's doing it? A lot of times there's a lot of secrecy and especially Tibetan Buddhism. Well, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's magnetizing, that, that having a secret, you know, like I have a secret name. I can't tell anybody the secret name. So what does that do to the consciousness when suddenly you can't tell anybody? I have a secret name, I can tell you that, but I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, what does that accomplish? It might accomplish something, but you have to have, a, there has to be the three jewels the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha has to be a teacher. Has to, there has to be a teaching person that you give the benefit of the doubt to, or even trust. So I would say, coming back to your question, if you actually are doing uh, TM, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, I think Vipassana. So Vipassana's eyes closed and scanning the body and so on, just to, not to, not to uh, uh, dismiss that, that's a powerful practice. Uh, and if people want to do that, then they, they should do it. If they come, if someone comes to me because of what I've done, I'm going to teach out of what I see and what I understand. And you could say, so I might talk to you and change your practice. Just recently, I've changed someone's practice. And I've, several students don't practice a, a, a exact uh, practice of, of Shikantaza, sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical, 
All the senses are open. Just receive. Whatever is moving, watch it. Observe it. That's Shikantaza, as far as I understand and the way that I teach it. But that doesn't mean someone might not need to do some other kind of work, might not need to do uh, a breath awareness practice or or do a mantra practice. So didn't you do a few mantras? Didn't you do a few mantras? Yeah. Yes. How many? Um, it's like 185,000. 185,000. So, you know, Gyokido might know a little bit about doing mantras. He did 185,000 and counted them on a mala. So, are you enlightened? Just curious. I don't think so. Am I enlightened? I, I don't really know what it is, so I'm not sure. Oh, that's a, good, that's a good response. I don't either, but I know what it's not. Other questions in here? Paoshan. bowing. If we have somebody who is interested in meditation, should we start with Shikantaza or another technique, bowing? It would depend on who it is and based on your own, if you... Uh, you're going to be over in Kalamazoo if you happen to run into somebody and they find out you meditate and they ask you about it. Um, you could give them a book, uh, Trungpa's book, Cutting uh, Through Spiritual Materialism is a great book. It depends on the person. Uh, some people might need to do uh, um, meditation right away. You could I have the two books that I have that teach basic chicken taza. You could do that or you could just t- teach them yourself. You could just say, well, this is what I do. And... Uh, you know, have you practiced uh, other forms of meditation? Have I? Yeah. Yes. What what were you what would you be thinking about teaching them? Inside well, meditation, like following yeah. the breath. Oh, the enemy. No. Yeah. So no, you could teach them that. No, you you could you could teach them. Yeah, you could teach them something you'd practice that you have some experience with. You might be interacting with them, so it'd be right there. It'd be situational. Uh, that. We're not trying to, I'm not trying to convert anybody to anything. So, more? Robert. I have a question. Um, When being helpful to others, when you're in a room with somebody and it seems like everything that I do and the person does is a projection. It's a projection of who we are in a confirmation bias about what's happening in the room. What I notice is that projection comes out and then my projection comes out, but there's also something that occurs that doesn't require our projection that's in the room. There's a choice quality in the room that doesn't have an effect on that. What's your so question? My question is, is how do I stay with that and be helpful? Don't, don't, your awareness of it is enough. You don't have to maintain anything. Don't stay with it. How do how do I be helpful to others and not point that out? Uh, you may point it out, but don't do it as a as a protocol, because then the concept comes up, and then you then you're acting out of concepts rather than than uh, just presence. Just you're just there. So you may say something, you may not, and you if you know why, uh, this is ego. I'm sitting up here and having no idea what I'm doing, who I am, where I came from, where I'm going, and I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. Do I experience pain? Yeah. 
painful. When I'm with someone who's in pain, I'm, I'm not like, oh, I'm experiencing their pain and somehow I'm super compassionate. No, it's very simple, very ordinary. There's nothing accomplished. Go ahead, sir. Um, how do we gain authority in that choice quality? Now, don't choose. The, the, the happening or the occurrence can just come out of the situation without the help of your idea about you're choosing something or you're not choosing something. There's a, there's a really good uh, TikTok called Choosing. I don't know who made it, but I think Pauchan made it. Yeah. Well, I made it, and then he, he took what I said, and then he took all the spaces out, out of between all the statements, and he crammed it together into 60 seconds. So I think he took an hour and a half talk and put it in 60 seconds. Wasn't that it? No. <laughs> it seems to work. It seems to, I mean, seems to make sense. Doesn't it? That's a good, good response. More? If you give me a direct question that's a little bit elaborate, and, and then what happens when you elaborate on something, the little areas between this and this and this start to show up that this would be very situational. There are times when you might come right out, Robert, you might come right out and say, say something very specifically and very definitely. And another time when you would, you hearing me? I'm, your body language is telling me something else. Yeah. Huh? What did I say? Choice quality comes out. Yeah, well, you being a therapist, you've got how many years of experience as a therapist? Quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. That's a good response. Quite a bit. And I know it's about 100 years, and that would be bragging. <laughs> you said that. I mean, what are you doing that? So, yeah, I think I think you're the, the most important thing about it for a therapist or anybody who's just, you know, it could be your mom or it could be your, your brother or your son or your next door neighbor is just to, just to be there. People want to hear. People want to be listened to. They want, they want to want to be able to say something and have somebody just receive what they're saying. And your only response might be, I think I see what you're saying. Or it might be, um, if it's really difficult, you might say, I'm sorry you're having such a rough time. It means a lot to someone to be heard. Any questions on Zoom here? Thanks, Robert. Thank you. There's 44 windows open. And we're... We're a couple yes, of them. Yes. What is no hoarding the teaching? Yeah. Don't don't hide your Dharma books in a box somewhere where nobody can get to them. <laughs> There's a lot of ways that, uh, that 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 can show up, and one is just uh, interfering with uh, other people's. Uh, um, um, connection with the Dharma, it could be books, or with the Dharma could be another meditator, or with the Dharma could be the teacher, wanting the teacher all to yourself. It's very difficult because it gets mixed up with the cultural understanding of that. So it's hard, it's just about impossible to, to work with it in that way. Specific question if you have it, Kelly. Kelly Bowing. 
I don't have it yet. Bowing. It's a good question. And that can show up. There's not just one way that you would do that. It would show up lots of different ways. You could reflect on that a little bit. All, all of us could. Is how, how am I preventing others from seeing the truth that I know is there? How am I, how am I keeping that? You know, uh, there's lots of ways that can show up and could be contemplated. Right. Well, the divine is telling somebody that I'm doing something at teacher's recommendation, a way of not taking responsibility for what I'm doing. Depends on who the whole thing is dependent, whoever it is, or what's the dynamic before you even said anything. What, what is your relationship that you, is it somebody you're living with? Is it somebody that you see a long ways away or your mom or no, you shouldn't tell your mom anything. <laughs> <laughs> Make her drag it out of you. What are you doing? Is that a cult? Are you in a cult? You could say, I don't think so. She's met. Um, she's met. Yeah, she's unlikely to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she didn't want to join. <laughs> so go ahead. What I'm looking at is the, um, the, the people that I might say that to have you as a teacher. So I'm wondering if that, I don't know, meddles with the, their teacher student relationship. That it's deferring. Uh, or something. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't give it much. You know, I wouldn't give it much attention. You know it, you see it there, but I wouldn't do much with it. Because if you, if you do something with that, then it starts to get very convoluted. Cause and effect, our consciousness always finds its own form. With my way of saying, you're screwed. As an individual, as a person, if you think you're somebody going somewhere, this is going to get really, really hard. And it, it will especially get hard if you've stepped on the path and you've begun training your mind to see the truth yourself. So it's going to get difficult. That's why it's necessary to continue, 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 keep going. More? Sorry, no, thank you. Now, what you're asking about is it's not an issue at all. Anyone else on Zoom have a question? Naveed, go ahead. Uh... I usually see faces in the patterns of uh, mountains or uh, leaves on the trees or any kind of patterns. And um, sometimes, actually most of the times, I um, feel that the emotion of the character that I see in the patterns are the same as mine. I was wondering if this is the case with people that... Uh, Bowing. Yes. Simple response is yes. Not separate. Your particular way is going to be different, different than Jake's or Dina's or Mark's. Everyone has an, another way of working with what's in front of them. And as, the more you practice, the more you find that you're alone, but you're with others, but you're alone. It's your mind stream that you are slowly or speedily beginning to to be responsible for. Be responsible. This is, has nothing to do with self-centeredness, ego, or narcissism. Being responsible means anything that shows up in your mind needs to be there. It needs to be there. Why? Because it's dependently arisen. The fancy words are praticca samutpada. I'm only saying that because I don't know much Sanskrit, but I get to say that one. There is not a single separate thing anywhere. That's the illusion. It looks like this is, is separate. 
from everything else, but not so. Look closely. Look, please look closely. When you look at the wall, look closely at whatever arises on the wall, in the clouds, in the trees, in your mind, and just receive it. Receive it because it's an incredible gift. You did not choose to be a human being. Consciousness brought you here. Karma, you could say, cause and effect that is impossible to, to track down, trace. Um, even the whole idea of merit is, uh, you know, it's a teaching that's used quite a bit some, sometimes, but you can't find the one who has merit. Further questions? Further questions on Zoom? Again, we have quite a number of windows. Wulong bowing. Wulong. What what are we trusting when we're trusting what brought us here? Bowing. So this is this is not something that is easy to just do, but you can begin to work on it. Just trust the space, and that shows up in different ways in which things occur. You don't trust the things. You don't believe your thoughts or your emotions. You have them, and they're intense, and sometimes they knock you right off your feet. But nothing has occurred. It's an incredible illusion. Don't believe me. I don't want you to believe me. I want you to see this yourself. If I can help you see it yourself, then whether you, I ever meet you face-to-face, -face, not important. See what this is. Don't settle for what you think it is. See what it is directly, you know, and thoughts won't even get in the way of that. More? Wulong? Wulong bowing. When, when you say no one is here to feel the pain or the suffering, there's no, there's no self, then what is what you have referred to in the past of style or particularity? of all of these meeting in this moment now, this and that. Here. So, so consciousness has no, has no, uh, if, 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 if you think, I think we think there's somebody who's winning, somebody who's losing, somebody who can be born, somebody who can die. If you think that then you're trapped in the rotation of samsara and you actually, your consciousness is kind of smushed into a human form. And then we come and we go and we show up in this lifetime and then that falls apart or we get trampled by Indians. Then we come back and, and the next time we actually marry one of the Indians. And the next time we come back, uh, we're one of the Indians. And I'm, I'm not just talking about indigenous people. I'm just saying anybody. This continues to rotate. As long as you believe in anything, then you'll be drawn into that circularity. It's like the moon going around, the sun going around. Everything is going around. It looks like a straight line. It looks like life and death, a straight line. See what it is. You can do this. You can see this. It will not be a conclusion. It will be, it won't be any more con conclusions. Nothing will come together because only things that are separated come together. And what this is, is not separate. It's an astonishing realization. And it does not show up for many people. Most people are wrapped up in, in the rotation, getting better, getting worse, getting better, getting worse. When you, when you give a Dharma name, 
what are the particularities? What are you working with that is not a self? It's just images and forms. I called you Wulong means a, a black dragon, I think I recall. And your your style is like a, you know, it's a, it's it's that kind of uh, um, intellect and that kind of motion. It's not a compliment. It's not it's not even particularly romantic. It could be. People, you might think of it as romantic. But I, I don't really think about it. <laughs> um, it just shows up and if it doesn't show up sometimes it takes months to give someone a dharma name so therefore they get postponed it doesn't matter and uh, these days i've been giving dharma names not only in japanese but in uh, chinese uh, mandarin also and i'm thinking about starting to use czechoslovakian and possibly uh well i don't know there's a couple of languages that i think uh, what are you getting up for? Oh. You watched how far I was tipping the cup back. <laughs> Any other question about that, Wulong? Um, no, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Shozan's in St. Petersburg, Florida. Jeez. That must be fun. <laughs> Terry Bowen. Go ahead, Terry. So when you, you say that nothing happens and that we see that nothing happened, is that seen through perception only? Uh, you might say that it's 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 understanding the concept, the, the pointer uh, called perception only. But that's it's still just a pointer. Even that is a is extra or a relative uh, comment or statement. Very well. Thank you. You're welcome. So should we close? You have something? Sure, bye. Um, Eric. Um, is Antea? Yeah. Eric yeah. Um, has a question. He asks, if one sees through the identity of self and other, why does an illusory being continue to practice an illusory path? What else is it going to do? Eric. It may or may not. Usually, in this case, uh, it's, it's out of a vow, seeing that others are suffering, and they're suffering intensely. And you know, because of what you've been through or what you've seen, that they're going to have to see this. It's not easy to see seeing emptiness is just that's just part of it. But then seeing beyond that, which I use that word because it's not just empty. As the traditional teachings even say that it's empty and full. Each person has to see that you can't just say this is what it is and write a book about it and hand it to the person and say all the books really going to, going to do if there is one is show you that perhaps show you how to do this or show you how to uh, how to function when when your emotions get all torn up and you feel tortured by what's happening around you by the people around you by the situations that are rising around you more from you or from Eric more questions about that or anything else if you have them 
you can do another question or two. Earlier, when you were responding to questions around the therapist-client interaction, you talked about someone being invested in saving people. Um, what's the difference between that kind of saving and the vow to save all beings? Well, ultimately, the vow to save all beings, there, there are no beings. There's, there's nothing is separate. So that has to be realized. And, and only in that way, as far as I know, only in that way can you really be with all things, which is the third of the three pure precepts. Be with all things. Don't accept anything, don't reject anything, don't ignore anything. Is putting others before ourselves necessary for seeing what this is? Looks like it. I'm not saying you couldn't do it. It can happen. There are spontaneous realizers that it's hard to tell what kind of track they were on when they just suddenly their identity dropped away and they freaked out. You have a path and your identity drops away, then and you have a way of understanding it. If you have no path, then that just happens spontaneously. Um, depends. So your environment may put you in a mental institution, or you may like Ramana Maharshi when he when his identity dropped or he died without dying. Uh, he went into retreat for 20 years at Turavanamalai uh, in India. Just one example, there's probably all kinds of them that we don't have no idea about. But if there's a vow, then um, you can meet people in their suffering and possibly help them. This is what the Buddha did, looks like. How does putting others before ourselves help us see what this is? It might not. <laughs> yeah, it's it might not, but it's a it's the practice. It's, it's seeing when you do that, then you begin to see how you can't do that because you're so invested in who you are and what you want and what you don't want that when you try to do that, you think, oh yeah, I can do that, but then it crashes in because the, the fundamental understanding realization has not been seen, and the, the fundamental understanding is all this all the separation of you, me, Uno, Juzan, everything just collapses, yet there's still form. So, but I can't just sit up here and just say that over and over again. Uh, there has to be some kind of interaction so that I can encourage you. That's what this monastery is about. That's what this getting together of people, we're all practicing this path, and uh, you know, now we were up to 45, now we're down to 40. So three or four people got what I was saying and are gone to practicing somewhere. Or they just think, oh, I don't know if I want to, this guy's, what is he talking about? There is no, no one to save. In that uh, response, or um, um, we were talking about therapy earlier, you said what is um, most helpful is our immediate presence. And I was thinking about the teacher-student relationship. 
And how do we receive or how does it affect us to be in your presence? And do I know? Maybe it sucks. It can be any number of things. All the teaching person can do is extend his or her understanding through concepts, language, and so on, possibly gestures or some other way. How is it helpful to be received with no judgment? Well, how does it look to you? You're a therapist. Really? How does it look? It seems like people are maybe able to see themselves in a, maybe for the first time or in a, a different way or, or, okay. or, or, or. So I, I can say it this way, and this, uh, this may lead to further confusion, because if you try to understand it intellectually, it just takes you in circles. But basically, the, the, that which is, is, uh, is arising in consciousness is dependently arisen. So it's not personal. It can, if it feels personal, then that means that there's a, an aspect of consciousness that is curled up into a, an imaginary being, a self, who can win or lose, be right or wrong, live or die, and, and highly identified with the body. So, if you realize it, it doesn't mean that, that you no longer feel suffering or pain. You might feel it, but there's no individual there anymore. So, therefore, you're, you're understanding, you're seeing what people are going through is they're going to need to go through whatever they go through. There's no way you can kind of fix them. I'm not saying you could you'd use a cognitive behavioral therapy approach to work with someone who's, especially someone who's working with, who has that kind of intellectual uh, structure going on somewhat. The other one is brain spotting that you use in your therapy approach. I think there's what, 150 different kinds of therapy these days in Wikipedia anyway. But lots of ways of doing this. Most of them are relative, trying to repair, fix, get rid of something. Um, and that's not wrong. I'm not saying we should. Maybe we need to do some of that. But it would be a good idea if anyone who is uh, functioning to help others would be really trying to be very radical and very minimal about their own consciousness. Keep it, keep it very, very simple. Don't conclude. Don't exclude. Don't, 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 if you can. And what that will do is that will bring you, uh, that will fine tune your awareness of what you cannot have any say so about. So you'll actually see the karma more clearly of that which you cannot help but get angry about certain things. And it'll get you closer to the actual structure, the matrix of that situation. But if you use the, the matrix of that, you solidify that and you pour liquid cement all over the and just let it freeze, fixation, you may never see it. You may live the rest of your life thinking certain things are true that are not. Picking and choosing. Good to see you here, Mayun, especially with that that moon or sun, whatever it is that you have for for a uh, what do they call those when you have? There's a name for that. Somebody's going to help me. What? 
background? No. <laughs> Susan Mowing, is it a backdrop? No, it's the avatar. Oh, Bowie. But thanks for that. Yeah, we have a couple of sunshine avatars. Okay, I guess we can we can close unless there's a final question. It doesn't look like there is, so let's go. <laughs> and thank you everyone for joining and hanging around a little bit. Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our Sangha.